Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Hello, hello, hello. America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner, Chicago Regional Office Veteran Benefits Administration. Uh, today is Saturday, October 10th, 2020, and October is Breast Cancer and National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, we are here with our panelist, uh, John Pennington, the U.S. Army Veteran and Assistant Veterans Service Center Manager for Chicago Regional Office, uh, Veterans Benefits Administration, and uh, he has a long, long uh, resume that comes here. He, he uh, was appointed as the Assistant Veterans Service uh, uh, Center Manager on August of 2019 for the Chicago VA Regional Office. He joined uh, the Veterans Benefits Administration at the Indianapolis Regional Office in February of 2010. And this man has so many master's degrees, I'm trying to count them, but he has a master's of science degree in criminal justice. He has one in Christian leadership and is currently completing one in the science degree of in athletic coaching. So he is a very, very busy man. And we also have with us um, uh, uh, we, one person, uh, David uh, Modis, who is uh, serving in the um, U.S. Army Veterans Combat Wounded in Afghanistan War and Chicago Regional Benefits uh, Administration Claim Processor, who trained and uh, renewed employees uh, to accurately process military sexual trauma claims. Um, he is a combat wounded veteran of the war in Afghanistan. Uh, David began working as a claims processor with the Veterans Benefit Administration in 2009. Currently, his role is to assist in the training of new employees and audit claims accuracy on VBA employees. David is one of seven mentors at the Chicago Regional Office who reviews and trains employees to accurately process military sexual trauma claims. It is an honor to have you. Uh, John, I'm going to have you lead off, and you can tell me a little bit about what you do and how important what you're doing is. I'm sure it is. I see veterans benefiting all the time. Hello, John. Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing over the v Veterans Benef Benefits Administration. Uh, it sounds like you are doing a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here first off. But, great. Yeah, so Chicago Regional Office is doing great things right now. As you know, through this COVID, we've been teleworking pretty much five days a week. But I tell you, our employees haven't missed a beat. I mean, they're doing great things. Um hmm. I think we're ranked pretty high on production nationally, so we're doing a lot of great things for not only veterans for Chicago, but nationally. So, I mean, like I said, our employees haven't missed a beat with all this COVID thing. I mean, they're doing great things for the nation, so I just want to point that out, that our employees are just great, and then yes. they just love serving veterans. Yeah, they're serving uh, the, the people who served, huh? And and really, I, I, I feel, you know, we have to really uh, take a moment to think about all the things people are going, personal issues with their own families and, 
you know, this COVID-19 being uh, something that is in some parts unpredictable. And uh, for people who are actually working within the VA system and hospitals, our hats go off to you. Uh, Many of you were service members previously, and you are still serving our our nation. So we are so happy that you're doing what you do uh, to make sure our nation stands together. So, um, but, yeah, tell me a little bit more about what's going on uh, as far as the, um, you know, the sexual trauma issue, because this is, um, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, October is Breast Cancer and National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I just had a uh, personnel who did a wonderful job, actually, from the VA, talking about this white ribbon campaign and uh, Mm -hmm. making sure that we actually have a focus on this. So what is it that your uh, area does uh, with assisting people um, with this, uh, these particular issues? Yeah, very good. So basically if someone, a service member, like um, has some sort of sexual trauma within the military, so we have outreach coordinators that actually reach out to them and speak with them on how to file a claim. And then once that happens, I mean, we have claim processors that we have, dedicated to working these uh, what we call special mission cases where we try to use compassion and gather all the information we can to formulate a decision on a claim um, to make sure that we navigate that process with sensitivity and urgency to make sure we take care of these vulnerable veterans to make sure that they get everything they need from the VA. Oh, Fantastic. And, you know, tell me something about some of the, the stories that you've encountered, any success stories or things that you think people need to know about, you know, how um, how this actually uh, sort of unfolds for people. Right. So a lot of times, you know, a service member, they don't understand what the VA does or what we can do. So when we have a lot of these outreach events, um, we will go out and talk to veterans, say, hey, here's what VA can do for you. I mean, we have medical treatment. We can help compensate you. Um, like some of the MSP, like it's very sensitive in nature, and we just need to make sure that we take care of these veterans. So, I mean, we have someone who will contact them via phone, either male or female, whatever they're more comfortable with on talking to us. And basically we will help navigate the claim process. Um, so I guess a success story is like we had a veteran back when, when I worked in Indianapolis that never heard of the VA or what it could do. They got out of service, and they thought they were on their own. But at that time, um, especially when I was in the military, there wasn't really a whole lot of outreaches. So um, not like what we have now where we have VA reps go out and speak to service members who are separating from service. Um, so we go more in detail what the VA can do. But go back to my story, at that point in time, this veteran didn't know anything about the VA. Um, he just happened to stumble upon one of the outreach events that we had, like a ribbon event, and we were able to talk to him about his service, and he, we just had a long story on, like, what he encountered in service, some sort of sexual trauma, and we were, we were able to lay out, like, hey, here's what we could do for you. We could help, like, gather evidence on your behalf. We could talk to you about what happened. We can link you up with medical professionals who will help you navigate, like, emotionally or physical harm that you may incur. And he got service connected for it, and he was very grateful what we could do. And that's that's kind of what we want to be here. We want to reach out to people and say, hey, here's what the VA could do for you more, especially those older veterans who still don't know anything about the VA. 
we just want to make sure we continue to reach out to those folks. Well, David, you know, I want to thank you for your service. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did receive a little bit of injury myself over in uh, Mosul, Iraq. But I, I, I really um, commend you for coming back and actually helping out on such a critical issue. And you're, you're doing the claim processing, uh, which actually is helping to save the lives of some of our veterans because when they are in this whole issue surrounding military sexual trauma claims, it can be a life-threatening matter as well. And it can actually not only affect the quality of life, but even whether they're going to live or not. So tell us, tell, tell us about what you do and why processing these claims is so important and how people actually do that. Sure. So uh, thank you for being here, and thank you for your service, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I do, and one of the things my own personal experience with the VA is that the VA, the field, has really taken care of me since I've come back from the, from, uh, mm-hmm. the service as far as going through the voc, re- voc Rehabilitation Program, mm-hmm. the GI Bill. Yeah. Uh, it started as a work study within the VBA. Um, it was hired within the VHA and transferred over to the VBA. So I, I feel like the VBA and the VA itself is my family. And one of the great things that we do is not only by providing benefits on a monetary basis to service members uh, for injuries that are incurred in the service, but also the health care eligibility that's, that's allowed to them. So, you know, if they get receive service connection for a disability, uh, they can receive uh free health care for that condition without copay at the VA Medical Center. And depending upon what percentage they're assigned with us, uh, they may have free health care for anything that they need, so not, not just the service-connected disabilities. Um, I started within the VA about 10 years ago uh, as, a de- as a person who developed the claims, gathered all the evidence, and present, would, would request examinations for, for the individuals to go to medical uh, examiner uh, to try to get that opinion and, and, and find out if that condition that we're sending them to an exam for, if it's related to service or not, mm-hmm. and then present that entire packet off to, to a rater uh, who makes a determination on that case and would assign a percentage, you know, grant or deny benefits and, and, and assign that percentage. Um, MST is extremely uh, sensitive in that, you know, a lot of these individuals don't realize um, that just because they did not uh, report their trauma um, in service to anybody by going to sick call or going to the hospital or to mm-hmm. a, a clinic. Yeah. Um, there's other means for us to try to um, put pieces together in that puzzle to show that something did happen in service. You know, if mm-hmm. um, maybe they did go to sick call, but they got cold feet and, and then decided to say that they were there for something else. Um, you know, maybe they are going for pregnancy tests, mm-hmm. um, or you know, maybe they're afraid that because of the trauma that they incurred, that they um, that they should be treated or uh, checked for an STD. Um, so, if there's some unexplained things going on, you know, we can piece all that together to show that something actually happened. So, I don't want any veteran out there to think that just because they didn't report it in service, that they're not eligible for the benefits that we can provide to them, not only just the monetary benefits and compensation, but also the health care. Because one of the things that we want for, for all of our veterans is to ensure that they're, they're healthy um, and that everything's being taken care of, especially considering that the health of the veteran, uh, you know, they're, they're not alone in this. So everybody's got a family, whether it's brothers, sisters, siblings, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a spouse or children. Their family isn't along uh, in that experience with them. 
Yeah. Um, so we want to ensure that everybody is in a safe environment. Uh, we want to ensure that veterans can come to us for something, and that's one of the reasons why we do outreach. That's one of the reasons why we have coordinators that that uh, reach out to everybody and, and try to feel like this is this is a safe place for them to speak about their experiences, and we will help you along the way. If we need to go out to a local authority to try to find a, a, a report because it didn't happen on a military base, we can do that for them. Um, you know, if they file the restricted rec, uh, uh, trauma within the military, um, we can ask for a privacy release so that we can uh, obtain that restricted report that is usually under tape and seal. Nobody else can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we try to take those steps to help them through the process of their claim. We, we never want to deny anybody benefits. We always want to grant the benefits. Um, so yeah. as of now, my, my current role in the VA is to conduct quality on individuals who are developing the claims and gathering the evidence, so I, I audit cases. Uh, along with that, I train. Uh, right now we have five different MST coordinators that gather evidence, uh, and I help the Chicago Regional Office train those individuals, and, and we ensure that um, you know that they've they've done a, a, quite a number of cases and that they have a ninety percent accuracy on those cases. So wow. uh, we do not want just anybody working those cases, and, and we don't want them to have you know pr- putting together a package and delaying claims because we having to rework something and and we keep on we miss something we're having to go out for something additional because that raider is not able to make a determination at that time. So yes. um, it, it's a really great thing. A lot of our MSD coordinators they're wonderful people. They really enjoy uh, working. Uh, these types of claims and be able to provide that personal assistance to those veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you made me think about one thing is that, you know, people, um, you know, you have people of poor moral character and they, you know, they're just combative and that kind of thing. But, you know, sometimes mental illness, drugs and alcohol abuse and PTSD, TBI, and you have multiple deployments and family separation and reintegration. All these things are happening in a service member's life sometimes that can lead to more conflict arising. And, you know, and this goes beyond intimate partner violence, right, because it can be someone that you're not even, you know, that you have no uh, relationship with or uh, someone who's imposing some type of sexual trauma on you that's not related to uh, intimate partner violence, Um and so, so how, how you know how do people, you know, many times people feel embarrassed or uh, they they feel like this is no big deal or they're trying to protect someone's career, you know, or they're afraid of their own career, you know, the repercussions with them uh, when they're going through this. So, how, you know, where where do people can call for this? Uh, is there like a national domestic violence hotline or how how do people get engaged with you? So they can call us at the 1-800-827-1000, uh, and there are VA representatives there. That's our national call center, um, and, and they should be able to assist anybody. There's another, uh, if, if you just go to Google and Google VA mm-hmm. MST, which is short for military sexual trauma, or even if you, if you Google VA military sexual trauma, uh, VA has an ad. It should pop up first thing right there for, for you to click on. And it gives an overview of, of VA-wide, whether you're looking at for uh, health care services or if you're looking for us as far as benefits administration. Uh, oh. There's there's a lot of information on there. There's contact information for the health care um, uh, contacts and coordinators, you know, closest to you. Probably you can look up by your zip code and your state. Uh, same thing with, uh, John might talk about this, but even as far as the benefits administration, you know, the, your, your station here is in Chicago. 
Uh, we have our own individuals, but I'm sure your 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 audience goes across the border into Indiana. Uh, Indiana also has uh, special you know special processors just like we do that handle these cases. Uh, specifically, whether they're the ones that are developing the claim and gathering the evidence or the ones that are, are rating the cases. But the ones that are developing the cases and gathering the evidence, uh, they're the ones that would be reaching out to, to the veteran who's, who's been filing, who filed the claim. But even if they wanted to know how to file a claim, there's an email address for those coordinators for them to reach out, you know, for that, for that veteran to reach out to that coordinator. Oh, great, because you're, you're talking to the nation right now, actually international. We are on uh, iHeartRadio as well, linked. So uh, you're speaking to a very large audience. Terrific. We're getting calls from everywhere. But, you know, one one thing, you know, uh, before we uh, move on to John about that issue, uh, I was wondering, is there a statute of limitations or how, how does this work? Uh, is someone able to bring this up? Um, you know, because you were saying after separation from service uh, that that is something that people can also approach. No, there's no statutory limitations for this. Uh, okay. You know, the um, it, and I do want to point out it's not just uh, veteran service members that that can can file these claims, but also individuals who are getting close to that time of being discharged. So we can even accept claims from people who are uh, currently on active duty. So especially seeing this is across the nation, international. You know, if there's any service member out there currently serving who's experienced something like this, and if they need help and they don't maybe feel comfortable speaking to somebody at the DOD, maybe they want to come to the VA and, and, and see what's, you know, available to them and, and how we can help them through the process of them being discharged. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, not only just for, for military sexual trauma incidents, but anything else going on in their life, you know, that they may be afraid of with the, that transition. Huh. So Inter- that's, that's really great to know. Because people uh, just need that help out there. We know a lot of veterans are going through a lot of issues, you know, trying to readjust to, you know, to coming back into uh, society. And, and, and this is a big burden they don't really have to carry if they reach out to you and, and address the issue. I'm really, you know, happy about that. But, John, maybe you can give us some more information about, you know, how this thing works and, how, you know, what's your perspective on it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like David mentioned, like, if you don't know who to contact, if you don't want to call the 1-800-827-1000 number, mm-hmm. um, like you said, if you just Google uh, VA MSC coordinators or if you go to VA.gov and search, like, MSC coordinators, it will bring you up alphabetically by state who the coordinators are so you can reach out to them directly via email, and they, they will get in contact with you pretty quickly. Like David said, these are some very stellar employees who want to work these cases. So we don't, we just don't tell people, hey, you're working these cases. These are actually employees who want to work these cases. So you have advocates for you, and we'll help you navigate through the whole claim process if you need them to. Oh, fantastic. Um, you know, so, you know, cause I know that in, in 1996 they had the Lutenberg um, Amendment, uh, to the Federal Gun Control Act of 1968, and it makes it a felony for anyone uh, convicted of a domestic violence misdemeanor uh, to possess a firearm. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, and then there was a in Congress in 1994 passed the Violence Against Women Act. So, um, h- how do these interplay with what the feds are doing? Because does that have any bearing on the military um, rights that people have? Do you, uh, you know, David? Is any any you know any, is there yeah. any relationship between that, or do you think that that is 
you, you know, I'm not sure of what the rights are, how different they are in the military versus, you know, people in general society. Uh, I'm not sure we could speak much to that. I, I don't have knowledge much as far as how how laws have been passed specifically to target, uh, um, say, mm-hmm. gun violence and how they would affect the DOD. I can tell you from my own experience as being a DOD, mm-hmm. if, you, if you were charged with a, a Domestic Violence Act and, and were... Uh, the the Bill Brady, I think it's the Bill Brady Act came into play where you couldn't be in possession of a firearm. Uh, that was typically grounds for being discharged from the military, right. um, because you, you were no, you know, you're handicapped in, in the sense of of what your role is in, in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, yeah, I guess I'm getting, what I'm getting to as well is, um, you know, we have uh, things uh, in uh, corporate America, right, where uh, we have retail, you know. Um, retaliation policies and those kinds of things in place so if someone were to come forward uh you know so that they feel that they have some kind of protection you know um if they were to uh come forward with a claim that uh some people are still active duty and they may feel that this will um you know uh hamper their careers or those kinds of things are are there any protections in place or how how do they deal with that uh there is, there are. If if somebody is currently serving and in, in the military and they they uh, have experienced a, some sort of uh, form of sexual harassment or even a sexual assault, uh, they can. Each base should have a, a like a sexual uh, assault coordinator mm-hmm. uh, for them to go and speak to, okay. and they can file either. It's it's a. It, 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 there, of course, there's a publication form for it, but it's a DD. 2910, and then there's a 2911, uh, but they have an option to file either, as I mentioned earlier, a restricted report uh, where they can they mm-hmm. can go and seek services and have it recorded that something happened to them, but if they were in fear of their command um, targeting them for some reason, because and oftentimes in the military it's the command, somebody in the command or somebody in you know higher in that chain of command of that individual that might be the perpetrator of, of the incident. So, um, they can file a restricted report, and they have it documented in their file, um, but no, no investigation will be started. Okay. Uh, and then there's an unrestricted report. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember how many years ago that began, but I want to say that was within the past 10 years of when I started with the VA, uh, that there was a lot of congressionals occurring specific to sexual trauma because the, the rate was quite high at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and there was a lot of media attention to that, and, and a lot of the... VFWs and American Legions and congressmen wanting action taken, and they wanted changes. Just just as of like what's been happening within the past year. Um, currently, there's the Vanessa Gillian Act that that's pending at, at the um, uh, within Congress. There's no action taken on it right now. It's still pending um, with the, uh, the Armed Forces Committee, mm-hmm. um, but. That unfortunately does, it, as of right now, it doesn't appear that it has any bearing on on any rules or regulations within the VA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you touched on something that's really interesting. And it's important to note that um, you know uh, military sexual trauma; these uh, you know these occurrences are not a, um, a normal byproduct of military life. They should not be, and they are actually a crime. And in, in, uh, in when someone is violated in this way. And so how can people actually um, get involved with, uh, you know, talking about this? Are there therapists who are, you know, available for them to talk to in the VA system? 
and how how do you channel people into those uh, tracks? So that's that's what John was talking about. Definitely, for anybody that has any questions about that, they go on to va.gov. Okay. Um, there's there's coordinators for at, at the Veterans Health Administration. Uh, there's social workers. There's psychiatrists. There's the, the mental health clinics there. Uh, there's there are going to be individuals identified and, and trained specifically within this area for them to 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 speak to and and, and see where what guidance they can have even with the within the health administration mm-hmm. with us specifically with the veterans benefits administration again go to that to do a google for uh VA MST coordinator and and you can find those those names there as far as based on your state who who it is that your con- your point of contact is within our organization yeah, because it's kind of interesting. We, we know that it's a little bit more heightened, you know, in the uh, military arena, you know, with the sexual trauma. But, uh, you know, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, says that one in four women and one in seven men will experience physical violence by their intimate partner at some uh, time during their lifetime. So I'm, I'm wondering uh, if, if there are yeah, – uh, if there are um, – Things that are happening that um, that that are going on uh, within uh, you know this whole system. So we actually have to bring you back and another talk about this because this is such an important topic. And you are you. I'm really proud of both of you. Thank you for your service. Uh- Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.